Hello and welcome to this episode of Teachers Talk Tech, an EdTech podcast by Cambridge University Press and Assessment for language teachers by language teachers on using technology inside and outside of the classroom. My name is Hayo, and today my guests are Bob Godwin-Jones from Virginia Commonwealth University and Jing Xu from Cambridge University Press and Assessment. Bob and Jing, welcome to the show. Bob, I'm going to start with you. Artificial intelligence, such a big topic. It's actually been around a long time, hasn't it? Um, what exactly is artificial intelligence? Well, it has been around for a while. It goes back, actually, to early work in the 1940s and 1950s. I think what's interesting is the the new developments in the field, which enable things uh, to be done with uh, AI that we've dreamed about doing for a while, but are now becoming reality. And I think one of the things to realize about artificial intelligence is that it's kind of a misnomer. It's not that uh, computers are being intelligent in the same way that human beings are. And what's important to realize about current AI research is that it doesn't try to teach AI systems how language works. It feeds those systems a huge amount of data, human language texts, and then it basically uses what's called machine learning to have the system itself figure out how language works. And and what happens there is that these neural networks that are uh, working uh, on top of uh, an array of very powerful computers are looking for patterns. In, in that data. They've com- converted the text into mathematical symbols and creating this set of uh, layers of neural networks. And uh, basically, it's creating a system. What happens then if you ask uh, an AI system to generate a text, it does so uh, based on word frequency of how words are used um, and it's analyzed it's it's found the patterns uh, in the large amount of, of data that it's that it's been fed so it's not using human reasoning it's it's not understanding language but but rather generating uh, text based on statistics and mathematical modeling and I think that's important to realize because what that means is that uh, these AI systems can produce quite sophisticated texts but they don't understand <laughs> what they're producing. You mentioned that AI has sort of uh, starting to allow us to do some of the things that we've only dreamed about. Maybe we should also add that it's perhaps allowing us to do some of the things that we've had nightmares about, but we'll, we'll probably come to that in a conversation a little bit later. Right. Um, Jing, so you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm a language teacher and I've, I've heard about AI and maybe chat GPT, um, how much of it is science? How much of it is fiction? What can we do with AI right now in 2023? Yeah, I think AI has been penetrating into language education in the past 10 years, covering like fields like marking the essays, marking the speech, content creation, and even creating an intelligent dialogue system for learners to converse with. So picking up what Bob just said, so AI is pick, learning the patterns uh, in human behaviors, like what features can be used to predict learners' oral proficiency or written proficiency. And AI is doing pretty well on that bit, like predicting learners' levels, um, mimic examiners' behavior in marking essays and, and, and speech behaviors. And also uh, in terms of content creation, AI can generate text that are appropriate 
uh, to learners' level, uh, proficiency levels. And I can also adjust the levels based on learners' performance, which is called a, a term of adaptive learning, which is quite popular uh, in language education right now. Mm, very interesting. So marking, uh, conversations, text generation, that's, a, that's already a very impressive list. Now, of course, uh, Bob, we've, we've all heard a lot about chat GPT in recent months. Uh, where did this suddenly come from and what might it be useful for? Well, the, uh, the technology that it's based upon has been around for about five years, uh, large, so-called large language models. Last year, uh, Google's uh, large language model, Lambda, generated a lot of uh, publicity because a Google engineer that was conversing with it said that he thought it was sentient, <laughs> that he was having a real conversation with an intelligent uh, human, uh, intelligent entity. But it, but it indicates how well these systems can generate language that seems to be, be uh, the same as what a, a human would generate. The other thing that's, that's significant is that it has memory. It remembers the conversations. And what that means is that you can build on what, what's been said previously, and you can ask it to clarify, to expand. It's uh, been amazing what it can do in terms of the variety of texts that it can mm. generate. So it's generated essays, poetry, uh, stories, uh, computer code, all kinds of things, and, and done so very well. And so you can also, it's very interesting for language learning, uh, ask it to provide text at a certain proficiency level. And therefore, you can uh, use it as a chatbot uh, to have a conversation with a language learner. And you can ask it in addition to not just be a conversation partner, to, but to be a tutor. Say, correct my errors, my grammatical errors, and tell me what, what I did wrong uh, as we're having our chat. Just staying with you, Bob, for a moment. So uh, you've, you've mentioned that uh, it can be helpful for learners just to have conversations with the chatbot and, and also be corrected, have their language corrected. Do you have any examples of how teachers might benefit from using ChatGPT? Teachers can generate texts at a specific level and generate exercises and quizzes. A teacher can say, generate a series of 10 questions using this particular grammar point or this uh, vocabulary. There have been examples also of teachers asking ChatGPT to generate study plans for their classes <laughs> and say, how, how do I present uh, this particular material at this level of proficiency for A1 learners or for B2 le mm -hmm. learners, whatever it might be. That sounds like it might potentially be a real time saver. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I can do menial work uh, that may maybe we don't enjoy doing or that- uh, Like what, cleaning my house or time. something? <laughs> I don't think we're quite there yet. Oh, oh That's okay. That's come, coming. <laughs> um, Jing, I know that you and your colleagues at uh, Cambridge University Press and Assessment, you've been working with various forms of, of AI, et cetera, for actually a long time, haven't you? So can you just give us some examples of what you've been working on and your experiences? Things we have been working on is using AI to um, generate uh, feedback, instantaneous feedback on learning. And for example, we have been developing an online website, writing practice website called Writing Improve, which uses the writing auto marker to not only give a learner a score, but also provide feedback on their writing performance. 
So they can submit their writing a couple of times and getting feedback at different levels. So at high levels first, content first, and then on grammar and vocabulary, et cetera. So just mimicking a portfolio process, you sort of uh, improve your draft mm. step by step, getting instantaneous feedback until you, uh, you reach a certain level of proficiency, a way of using AI to facilitate self-regulated learning uh, uh, for, for students. Well, yeah, I was going to say that's very helpful for learners to be able to practice outside of the, the classroom or, or for when they don't have access to, to a teacher. Uh, that sounds like a really great tool. We'll put a, a link to that in the, uh, in the show notes. Is that available for free? Yeah, it's free. Yeah. And you have different flavors of tests. So there's IELTS test preparation and also free writing on different topics and also B2 First writing as well, which is a Cambridge English product for B2 First learners. Wonderful. So, Bob, just looking towards the the near to medium term future, what do you see as being on the on the horizon, and, and how will that impact language learning and teaching, in your view? Well, I think uh, one of the things that's pretty certain is that we're going to be living in an AI world, and that we're going to see lots more AI appearing um, in all kinds of ways. And so, uh, I think, for example personal assistants like Siri and Google, Google Assistant, are going to get a, a large language model back end and going to be able to do things with voice that are similar to what we can do today with the written form with ChatGPT. And obviously that uh, offers a interesting possibility for language students to actually have a voice chat with a system like ChatGPT. It's hard to tell now what's going to be coming our way in terms of AI, but I think one thing is pretty certain that we're going to see a lot more systems becoming available. Some of them uh, may be uh, play uh, systems that may be coming even for ChatGPT. And that brings up one of the issues, I think, with uh, using AI systems, namely the digital divide. Are students going to be able to have access to these systems? And one of the issues there uh, potentially is cost. These are private companies that want to make money. And so I I think that's that's something that we're quite likely going to see in the near future, I would say. Well, you've raised some uh, positive possibilities and also a couple of issues I guess that leads me to ask the question, which is the title of this show, and maybe Jing, you have some thoughts on this. Can we trust AI? Um, cautiously optimistic, I would say, uh, because <laughs> um, so AI marking and AI feedback always have false positives and false negatives. There's always a proportion error in AI, sort of generally the text marking or feedback. So I feel like teachers still play a critical role in gatekeeping in terms of using AI technology appropriately. Just imagine that if learners receive false feedback from AI, that's got to have a very negative impact on their learning. And I think they are quite vulnerable to such a wrong feedback. And without teachers' sort of confirmation or instruction, this AI wrong AI feedback, AI marking may demotivate students uh, badly. And that's my big concern. So there's actually a lot of onus then on the teacher to support students' use of AI and to integrate that into the educational experience. So, Bob, um, what what can teachers themselves do to sort of get ready for that brave new world? Well, I think that's going to be critical, the guidance that teachers provide to the students and what these tools are and how to use them 
how to use them well, how to use them ethically. And I think one of the things that teachers can do is to demonstrate what these systems can do and and what they're not so good at, uh, what the limitations are. For example, the fact that these systems can't tell fact from fiction, that they make mistakes and talk about that uh, with the students and make sure that students understand that you can't just accept a text generated by an AI system as absolutely correct. It has to be looked at very critically. And I think that that offers the opportunity to work with students to develop that critical reading and critical analysis of texts and talk about uh, what it is that these systems do and what they can't do. For example, language has grammatical correctness, but it also has pragmatic qualities. That is to say, how is language used in specific contexts with specific users for specific purposes? I think talk about those things in connection with using a, a, an AI system. Those would be useful conversations to have with students. Mm. Yeah, and so there's there's also a responsibility then for teachers to develop and learners. Well, last year we spoke about digital literacies, but maybe to develop AI literacy on the part of, of the students. Absolutely. So, so Jing, how, if I'm a teacher listening to this episode and think, well, okay, this all sounds interesting. I want to learn more. Where do I, where do I start? From my point of view, because I'm an AI developer, I think it's our job to educate teachers and also to release more information in layman's term about how AI works and what are some criteria we use to judge AI accuracy. And this sort of information should be passed equally to, to teachers as well. I'd say don't panic. Uh, <laughs> stay calm and, and carry on. And just be aware that, uh, that these things are not going to go away and banning them is not going to work, <laughs> banning their use. I had colleagues who say to their students, you're not allowed to use Google Translate. Well, <laughs> Good luck with as that. soon as they're out of the classroom, what do they do? <laughs> um, and so I think, you know, teachers need to be aware that these these tools are not going to go away. They're going to improve, going to get better. They're going to get more of them. And so they're going to have to learn to live <laughs> in this new mm-hmm. AI world that's going to change, uh, transform, I think, our lives in a lot of different domains, uh, including education, including language education. Any final thoughts, any words of wisdom you'd like to pass on to our listeners? I, as I said, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I would just say that teachers need to use AI very cautiously before using AI for high-stakes purposes. And also, we are promoting mm-hmm. hybrid AI and human judgment and marking to improve the overall quality of feedback and marking. And I think this, this is going to be the trend because AI can, can be trained to indicate its confidence in making judgment based on the similarity between the training data and the data or the performance it sees. So when AI indicates low confidence, definitely uh, AI is no longer reliable. And I think a human should uh, intervene and to replace AI's judgment. So this kind of hybrid model is some sort of a short-term solution that I can see to improve the overall quality of AI. I want to say be patient and uh, accept the hybrid mode. And I think AI will get better. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic about that. Yeah, I, I'm optimistic as well. I think there are a lot of uh, opportunities uh, that are coming our way. But I, w- I would agree that we, we need to, to also use caution. Wonderful. Thank you both very much for joining today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and check out the other conversations of the Teachers Talk Tech podcast by Cambridge University Press and Assessment.